0: You're listening to Ray 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 River Ray 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 Da 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 Padar Peak. Radar Peak Radar Peak.
1: Do we have a new theme song? Is that is that what that was?
0: I always think that I should be a DJ, but I only use my voice forever. Like, and I don't I'm not a beatboxer, but yeah. Like kinda like doing a little like vocal dubstep. And mm-hmm. people wouldn't know the difference. If they were at a club, I would be like
1: i think you probably shouldn't quit your day job hosting this podcast i believe in you i think a healthy level of delusion is necessary
0: do you think that would be viral on tiktok
1: you know what probably not
0: (laughs) no I know what you all are thinking, listeners. Who's this new host on Radar Peak with this deep, raspy, hot girl voice? Yeah, what's going on? Who's their new host? I know. No, it's it's still me. It's still Allie.
1: The pollen has been insane this past week.
0: You think it's pollen? For think? us,
1: uh, yeah, my car thinks it's pollen every day. My black car is like a pale, sickly yellow.
0: Wait, you know a bee? I think shat on me the other day.
1: It, it's yeah, real. probably.
0: Like I felt it, it hit my cheek. Ew. And then I looked down at my shirt and there was a little yellow spot. I was like, that's not bird shit.
1: No. You know what though? It's like it's good luck if a bird shits on you. Right, it's good luck. There's no I don't know of any folklore of if a bee shits on you.
0: I feel like it's more auspicious. Bees are like so busy and wise and necessary. I mean, the birds I guess are also necessary, but you know?
1: are you in the birds or drones camp
0: oh like are all what is the theory
1: well i think it's like he started it as like a as like a real life equivalent of like a shit post where like who's he the guy, i forget his name but the guy who went around with like the birds aren't real campaign
0: yes yes there are moments where i really do understand because like you could look up at a be- bird a beach you can look up at a bird on a wire and just like the way that they are
1: like that thing's watching me
0: monitoring yeah.
1: Some three-letter agency has a camera in that thing's eye, and it's watching me.
0: And, like, maybe some of them are drones, and some of them are birds. Or maybe some of them are birds with, like, little implants in them.
1: Like cybernetics?
0: Is that, like, a biotic Yeah, like biotic machine thing? implants? Yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Could you?
1: Nightmare fuel.
0: Yes. Anyways, the reason... How's your week been? Uh, well, the reason I sound this yeah. hot um, is... I've decided it could be the allergies, it could be the pollen, but also it could be the maniacal choice <laughs> that a friend of mine made to call a spliff a joint. So they're like, yeah, smoke that joint. And I'm like, great. So I, I'm walking with this joint. I so you light it up. It,
1: got just the whole thing.
0: And I take a big inhale in and I'm like, this is, this has tobacco in it. And you know, girls... The reason I don't smoke cigarettes is not because they're bad for you. <laughs>
1: it's because... We live in L.A. The air here is bad enough exactly. for us. Exactly.
0: No, tr- trust me. I, I, that is not the reason. The, the, the reason I don't smoke cigarettes is the same reason I don't do cocaine anymore.
1: Which is? Which is. You're afraid of the fentanyl?
0: No, actually. Another great reason to not do it. But no, this was way pre-fentanyl splicing. Uh, the reason is that I get insane sinus infections afterwards every time 10 out of 10 times i mean like only i feel like it started post-college it was like I graduated college and god was like yeah you're no longer gonna be able to bounce back from all the things that you were doing
1: you're officially getting older
0: exactly you're an adult and you're gonna get a post-nasal drip and you're gonna get a come down and a depression that is going to make you say i don't want to do these things anymore
1: i'll say though it's pretty rude any kind of like cold or anything like that especially in the time of covid yes because now you just assume everything is covid oh my
0: god i was so mortified and paranoid i was like what if this is covid again but it wasn't i took like three covid tests i got the pcr like all neg also i did have covid in europe and it was just such a different sensation like I did never, it, my throat never. Like you knew never, it felt different. Yes. My throat never hurt when I had COVID. I was just very tired. I was weak. I guess my lung capacity was diminished, mm. but I had no nasal like congestion really. Or may, like maybe eventually I did, but it just wasn't a wet situation. This is very much your friend handing you a joint and not telling you it's a spliff. Got it. And I think that's where it all started, but it could also be it the allergies and the pollen i think i get one cold a year and it's right around now can i tell you something about hot girl voice though always and when i like kind of discovered it
1: it's hot girl autumn so yeah go for it it's
0: hot girl autumn so i was on a hike in joshua tree been there time or two what do you think
1: of it i like it i wouldn't like to live there
0: no why to like landlocked
1: Too landlocked and also there's a lot of characters yeah out in the desert
0: It's kind of diverse, dare I say. Is it? I don't know.
1: It's pretty white in my experience.
0: Yeah, but it's a diversity of white. You've got your hipsters from L.A.
1: You've got your rednecks from who knows where.
0: Right. you got your pioneer town, pioneers. Artists. Yeah. And then you've got your...
1: And the gays. And the
0: gays. So it's a a diverse array of white people out there in Joshua Tree. Only your Palm Spring people who are, like, Orange County people, I feel like. You know, you've got your, your white Republicans. Desert Republicans. Exactly, are desert Republican. You're golf-playing desert Republicans. Anyways, I was out in Joshua Tree doing the old National Park sort of hike with a couple friends, and this was the same hike upon which I actually almost got lost and died. But that's a whole other part of the story, which maybe I'll get into. But basically, my friend Michelle and I... We were hiking with these two dudes, and the two dudes, they have no fucking, like, consideration for the fact that, like, we're kind of taking our time on the hike, we're going okay. at, like, a leisurely pace. They're booking it on this hike. They're probably an hour ahead of us. Yeah. No no pausing. Like, they're just you know,
1: out sprinting in the desert.
0: Yeah. It's like, where's your, where, they're on so many levels, like, where is your good Samaritan sort of, you know, policy?
1: Samaritan.
0: I thought it was Samaritan.
1: Samaritan. S, S- A M.
0: <laughs> okay, call me out. Why don't you, Brett?
1: I'm just. She's well, dumb. <laughs> if I don't, Twitter will.
0: It's not a good Samaritan thing, but it's more like a, a a good a good hiker thing, you know, of just like don't lose the group. Well, yeah. Right.
1: Especially in the desert, there's so many aliens out in the desert.
0: Okay, thank you. Ever hear of the Donner Party? Hello. <laughs> yeah. So they're fucking two miles ahead of us, and we're walking, we're looking at every single Joshua tree there is. Like, look at that one, it looks like the letter A. Look at that one, it looks like a seven. We're trying to do the whole alphabet in Joshua trees. We're taking our time, and we pass this girl who's, like, going the opposite direction of us.
1: She's done.
0: Yeah, exactly. She Maybe she started the, on the other side, I don't know. Technically, I think it was a loop, but I don't know, she kind of seemed like she was doing a bear back situation. She's passing us in the opposite direction, and we're like, hi! Because, you know, you do the hiker hello Mm -hmm. which i love i love that it's
1: very like straight man howdy yes not on the street no words just
0: well in france actually everyone goes bonjour, and i'm like wow so friendly in france but then until they're not until they're very mean
1: until you go to paris
0: until you go to paris exactly on a trail super friendly but like in a parking situation
1: (laughs) we get an alley you hike europe (laughs)
0: Yeah, I did hike the French Alps this summer. Basically, this girl passes us, and we're like, hi. And she goes, hey. And Michelle and I look at each other, and we're like, oh, my God. She's so hot. (laughs) Like
1: she should have been at Runyon or something.
0: Yeah, but like it it. was that deep sort of, hey, hey. Mm That we were like, and then we just kept practicing our hot girl hello. I love that. The whole rest of the hike. And today I have hot girl voice. We're just like a natural like, hey.
1: Are you going to keep it?
0: I hope so. I'm going to try and f- break these vocal cords tonight. So it's a permanent situation. I sound like, who has perma hot girl voice, would you say?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like at that, at that range, like Emma Stone, her voice is pretty think, like low Yeah, you're
0: right. Maybe Aubrey Plaza. hmm
1: also, you have a Red Bull today. I like you on Red Bull. Why? I don't know. You're just like a live... Like you stuck your finger in a socket. Mm-hmm. You're like a live wire.
0: Red Bull does something to my heart and my brain. I think it creates a resonance, you know, and it brings me onto your level. Like a it like whole...
1: amplifies your own energy.
0: Exactly. Because otherwise, I guess I do have a, a lower resting state. I also want to tell you I'm addicted to ginger shots.
1: Oh, like ginger turmeric? Yeah. Type things? Ginger turmeric, can It burns cayenne. so good. So
0: good. It's like doing a shot of whiskey. But not getting wasted. Yeah, but better. It is because it's the same burn. But
1: you can drive after. You
0: don't end up fucking your cousin at the end of the night.
1: That sounds like a personal story.
0: No, we only hooked up.
1: <laughs> Second base, guys. Second base.
0: Listen, we were we're not blood related. We're related by I don't yeah.
1: We're related through a death. <laughs>
0: Is that possible?
1: Once removed, isn't that what that means? I don't I don't actually know how any of that works.
0: Uh I don't know either. But no, I there was actually there was no night where I hooked up with my cousin and drank whiskey. I was dead sober when I hooked up with my cousin. (laughs) Speaking of other things I'm addicted to
1: (laughs) Besides cousins.
0: Besides ginger shots. Which apparently you shouldn't be having more than one a day.
1: Who can stomach more than one in it? Your poor digestive tract. I
0: did three. I did three Because you were trying to
1: burn out a tapeworm? Or like, why? (laughs) Because
0: I had this like sinus infection. I was like, I need, I need to burn through it. So I thought, and also it kind of felt like all I wanted was ginger. You know, when you're feeling congested Mm -hmm. and you like, you hit yourself with wasabi. Yeah. I just. Just
1: smack yourself in the face with the root.
0: I was just constantly smacking myself in the face with the root. Mm Mm-hmm getting high on the route but then i looked it up and it was like no you should definitely not be having this more than once a day in other news i watched vicky <laughs> Cristina barcelona last night
1: i love that movie
0: i say like, oh, i'm unzipping my jeans <laughs> <laughs> but come on guys they're jeans
1: you're unzipping your jeans but also that's like the new trend in the, in the new york times this past week that's the new trend people are wearing oversized jeans the Unbuttoning it? the top button and rolling them down.
0: No way. Wearing
1: them really high. Yeah, oh, it's, like, it's a new thing. I'm
0: au current. It girl. It girl. She's You're hot. It
1: girl. She's
0: it. She's the moment.
1: So you know, Space Force
0: is that like okay.
1: the actual like founded by President Trump, former President Trump.
0: Space Force.
1: Space Force. They're it's the, Trump's the, SpaceX. Who knows? They're <laughs> the they're the the governmental body that that regulates space launches on the east coast they as a you know whenever they were founded the big question was sort of like what is this for like what's this gonna do Uh who's gonna lead this what what are they gonna be called that kind of thing okay they now officially have a theme song oh because you know like the marines the army they all have you know military sounding songs oh my god did you hear it no it sounds like this
0: Captain America.
1: It's important to me that my astronauts and officers of the Space Force can sound like they're in a barbershop quartet. It's
0: so 1950s. Like, what is it about?
1: Also, Main Street USA at Disneyland. Yeah. What's happening It's
0: marching band, baton twirling. There's
1: piccolos.
0: 76 rockets launched into space. (laughs) Well, America is the best country in the universe. I mean, basically, yeah. (laughs) Like, It's literally like I could see that it's sort of like um, spirit of Massachusetts is the spirit of America. Mm -hmm. And you see like an American flag being rolled out across the fabric of the universe.
1: What's giving me the Wells Fargo wagon. Yes.
0: Oh, whoa, the Wells Fargo wagon Uh is coming through the space. I feel like I literally just listened to an ad on a black and white TV that was like, former president trump's uh, for program. the war effort yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> buy war, box, buy war and box. i mean
1: like world war one effort
0: that was fucking trippy
1: wasn't that strange
0: that is so weird so i had
1: a really terrible week because of that this week
0: oh my god
1: ruined everything speaking i bring that up because speaking of space yeah under the u.s office of the director of national intelligence so like Important guy, the National Intelligence Manager for Aviation. So they're they work under the Office of National Intelligence. And they only focus on planes that fly. That kind of NIA. Shit. This past week, their logo was making the rounds on social media, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show it to you. And I'm curious if anything about this logo stands out as Phallic? interesting to you, or if it piques any interest outside of just show me. Tell me what you think. Okay. We'll post this on our Twitter as well.
0: Oh, fuck. So it's four lines, four arrows. and the Things a, in flight. Of of different spacecrafts in flight. You've got what's clearly just like a regular commercial air, airplane. Uh-huh. Maybe a fighter jet next to it.
1: Like a drone, like a war drone.
0: Yeah, a paper plane, a satellite. And then in the bottom corner That's, is... That's, yep. Is, and this is like over a silhouette of, of North America. And in the bottom corner is... A flying saucer yeah prepping the American psyche yeah for the but but then there's always that question of like is it a distraction <laughs> you know
1: yeah it's like look over there isn't that wild though
0: yeah that is so crazy start two one boost mission and lift off of this. <laughs> You are listening to Radar Peak, a three body podcast reviewing our way through the three body problem and discussing its real life parallels. I'm Allie.
1: I'm Brett. And on today's episode, pack your hiking gear because we're going on a trip to a desolate world. Chaos and uncertainty reign supreme as we dive into the uncanny depths of Three Body, the video game. Stay tuned. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting.
0: All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting systems go. Interference monitoring and reporting within exact range. Begin transmission. Mm, lucky number seven.
1: Time has flown, it feels like.
0: But also... It couldn't come soon enough because no. this is the chapter that made me go. Talk oh about my
1: galaxy brain! Fucking God, it happened.
0: I, I was like, this. This actually is the best book I've ever read. This is the craziest book I've ever read, and I'm so like, that, this is the chapter where I became completely hooked, sold, sunk into yeah. this
1: series. I think this chapter especially is probably one of the most things I'm excited to see in the Netflix adaptation.
0: Yes. Like how are they going to do it?
1: How are they going to show this? It's going to be insane. So yeah. do you remember last week? Wang Miao is he's going through it. He's having a time. He has just sort of like stopped having these insane hallucinations. He finally has a moment of of peace after all of this sort of like psychotic running around, seeing this countdown in his vision and he's talking on the phone to Shen Yufei and she says, "All right get ready. You want it bigger? Get at your computer and watch. I'm gonna make the entire goddamn universe flicker for you.
0: You want it bigger? I'll give you bigger!
1: And so on on the heels of learning that this is gonna happen, Wang Meow calls Dr. Ding and he's like, okay, like I didn't want to bother him with this before but like this really feels like a job that I need his, at least his insight on. So he calls Dr. Ding and he's like, hey, uh, do you know of any places that observe the cosmic microwave background radiation, which like middle of the night. What's the strangest call like that you've received just like out of left field?
0: Uh okay, one time when I was in high school (laughs) my ex boyfriend called me at like four AM and he was like, I'm on mushrooms, I need you to come pick me up and it was literally four in the morning and I was like, Oh my God, okay. So I got in the car and I drove to pick him up and then, you know, he was literally having like a paranoid meltdown, like like mother mushroom was slapping the shit out of him, I guess, and he needed his little girlfriend to come save him from the mushrooms. And so then when I, get, when I got him, he was fine. And he was actually an asshole. <laughs> I was like, why did I? But, you know, young love. What about you?
1: I don't know. I think most people know that I'm sort of like 10, 1030 at night. I'm dead to the world asleep.
0: Mm, so, so I don't no really one, get
1: calls like that. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to call him, but he's not going to answer.
0: So you never get those calls.
1: No, I nearly go into a coma every night. <laughs>
0: Brett's getting his beauty rest
1: like clockwork I'm such an old man
0: (laughs) okay so but
1: so Wang is talking on the phone to Ding trying to just find out if there's a place that he can go to observe this background radiation
0: right the red shifted
1: instead of immediately helping him Ding is like did you forget about Yang Dong's mother or did you actually go visit her and Wang is like oh fuck I did forget about her mom uh sorry dr ding is like wang you really need to go see her partially because she's old and yang dong is all she had and she refuses to hire a caretaker so she probably needs some things done around the house but you should go see her because before she sort of like retired from the workforce she was an astrophysicist and she'll know of places that are studying the cosmic microwave background and she can kind of like point you in the right direction
0: perfect also dingy he's like i think right he's like and it honestly just pains me too much to go help her myself yeah
1: he's to the point where he's like i physically can't bear to see to see her mom it reminds me too much of my fluorescent light bulb light of my life <laughs> that i don't have anymore
0: it reminds me of the cold touch of my ex my late girlfriend and you've got yang a crush dong. on yang
1: dong still so you, you go see her mom so wang prints out the morse code chart that he's received from his email because Shen Yufei has sent him instructions right. on like you know what to look for where to look that kind of thing and by now he's forgotten about the countdown it's it's left his vision his machine building his nanomaterials is still turned off so that's not even like a thing that he has to deal with anymore and with this Morse code chart that he's received in his email he's studying it over and he's thinking about Shen Yufei the night that he saw her at the house all suited up in this v-suit playing this game and he's like something about this is really weird like she doesn't have any kids which like you know you'd expect to have tons of video games for your kids but like i never really took her for a gamer so like i'm still not really able to like reconcile the fact that
0: the image of her
1: yeah just like sitting like plugged in to ready player one metaverse i feel
0: like it would be like kind of like going over to like rachel ray's house and she's like fully like like hooked on to like like red dead redemption and it's like rachel ray although you play video games?
1: Something that I that I learned that kind of like I face something similar. Lady Gaga is a huge gamer.
0: Really, loves it. Okay, but I could kind of see that because she's like a kind of she's like a weirdo. She's kind of a freak.
1: Yeah, like ahead of uh, her most recent album Chromatica on Twitter for weeks. She all she talked about on Twitter was this game she was playing.
0: Honestly, that's such smart marketing. But yeah, when I think of Shen Fei, I think more of like the least likely almost you know just like run-of-the-mill sort of karen yeah who's like addicted to playing like some video game like in the most intense way like has the full v-suit on and is first place in fortnite every single day
1: always like building her own mods (laughs) that kind of thing so thinking about all of this wang's remembering the game that shen is playing and he's like oh let me let me go to that web address because you remember he like memorized it because he's on a fact-finding mission he's like playing spy and so he goes to a computer and he types in www.threebody.net. and when the page loads it's like you can't enter you have to play with a v-suit oh. so it's like you can only play it's sort of like that where like you if you want to play this game you really have to invest the money into having this suit having this setup because it's an experience it's not something you can just sort of like download a phone app and right. still play and because obviously wang doesn't have a v-suit for a second he's like ugh. Okay well I mean I you know I wanted to peek behind the curtain but now i can't do that but then he remembers in the break room at his lab facility they have a -a v-suit so immediately i'm thinking like you know we know this place is a science facility but it's feeling more and more like google or apple or something like just in your free time like yeah go
0: like a university rec center yeah like
1: go knock back a few in the in the in the rec room and plug into the v-suit and go play you know whatever game you want to play when you've just you know suffered a crippling defeat of your machine having to be turned off right so he goes to the break room. He struggles to suit up because it's, you know, it's not like an easy thing. This whole suit, I imagine it's pretty form-fitting, you know, almost like getting into a wetsuit type thing. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, fully, like we mentioned, if you get a gunshot, or if you get a punch, you feel it wherever it's happening in the game. So I imagine, you know, it's probably like a process to get into.
0: Yeah, I was thinking wetsuit as well. Or like, yeah. But I was like, are there wires? Is it like...
1: I imagine. I imagine you look sort of like insane Neo in the Matrix, all like plugged in. Stuff. Right. He gets the suit on, he turns on the computer, and he enters the web address there www.threebody.net. Immediately, he feels the suit start to power up, the display lights, and scenes start to render, and he finds himself in this desolate plane at dawn the sun just barely starting to rise. The plane that's before him is blurry and specific details of the scene are kind of hard to make out, almost like it's still like buffering type thing. And off in the distance, he sees this tiny sliver of light off in the sky and even further than that the cosmos is just twinkling so it's like you know no light pollution just i mean kind of like you out in joshua tree just a really beautiful like unimpeded view of the surroundings and the cosmos albeit kind of blurry and then off in the distance this loud rumbling and then a massive explosion two mountains start glowing bright red and they crash against the ground the entirety of the scene is bathed in this ghostly red light Dust clouds fill up his line of sight, and then finally, when the dust clears, Wang sees two words emblazoned between the sky and the ground, and it's a loading screen that reads, all caps, three three body. body," Which, like, epic. I'm already like, I want to play this Such game. Such an
0: epic loading screen.
1: At that moment, Wang is greeted by a registration screen, Do-do-do. so he signs up and he uses a screen name, Hiren, which means, if you didn't know, I learned this. Hyren, H-A-I-R-E-N, means... Man of the Sea, which is a play on Wang Miao's name, which can be read as sea hmm. or ocean. So it's kind of like a not explicitly identifying identifier when he logs in. Right. Like when he logs in, if you know that, you're like, oh, that's probably Wang Miao. So now, registered, logged in, past the loading screen. In his v-suit, Wang can feel gusts of cold air in his skin because he's, you know, it's nighttime. That's that just I imagine that's probably really amazing to be. Yeah. I don't know if these suits exist
0: haptic suits yet
1: like this, but I mean I I kinda can't wait for when they do. Right. Off in the distance, Wang sees two figures that are walking towards him and they're backlit and their silhouettes are really dark against the first light of the morning. And so Wang's like, are those other players? Are these characters? Let's find out. So he runs after them. And as he gets closer, he sees both of the figures are men, each of them wearing long robes that are just really tattered and full of holes.
0: Oh, it's not the hot girl that I passed in Joshua Tree. No, it's not your uh... Joshua
1: Tree hot girl. (laughs) And each of them are covered by dirty animal pelts. So he's probably thinking like, oh, these are characters or like we're in Westworld and these are the robots or, you know, whatever. Each of them is carrying a bronze sword. And one of them is carrying this massive trunk on his back that's, like, as big as he is. So it's just, like, strapped on his shoulders, and he's just, like, trudging through the desert with this massive trunk on his back. It's at this point that Wang learns he's in what's called the Warring States Period. Mm. And the man who's carrying the trunk identifies himself as King Wen of Zhao. So we just found royalty in the desert. But when Wang learns this, he's, like... This game isn't very realistic. I don't think King Wen even belongs to this period. King Wen, which I did learn, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this. King Wen was the founder of the Zhou dynasty and he reigned from 1099 to 1050 BC. And the Warring States period occurred from 475 to 221 BC.
0: So much later. Yeah.
1: So in playing this game, he's like, this doesn't make sense. Like this character, if we're in the Warring States period, King Wen shouldn't be here this
0: is an anachronism this isn't a
1: very good game (laughs) and the older of the two will you
0: rate us in the app store
1: (laughs) i mean basically three
0: stars good graphics but full of anachronism
1: could use some work i
0: guess it is a video game anything goes
1: the older of the two men, this guy identifies himself as a follower of King Wen.
0: Who basically I kept thinking, like, his username, even though they don't say his username.
1: Yeah, he just says, it's even my, like, like basically, like, I even use that as my username. I am I am follower of King Wen.
0: Right, so I just keep thinking of him as, like, King Wen, Wen fanboy1.
1: Yeah, so they're, I mean, they just, now that they've got all their introductions out of the way, Wang asks about this massive trunk that King Wen is carrying on his back. So King Wen's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for talking about it. Actually, I'm going to put this thing down for a second. So he sits on the ground, and he opens it up, and he reveals inside this big trunk is not just one compartment but there's five compartments on the inside. Each compartment contains a small mound of sand, and the whole trunk to Wang looks like an hourglass because the sand falls from the top compartment down to the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. King Wen describes that every 8 hours the sand that starts at the top falls all the way to the bottom and they flip the trunk Three times a day, signifying three periods of eight hours. So that's how they keep track of time for one single day. Mm. And King Wen's like, that's what we're supposed to do. But I actually wind up forgetting about it a lot. So my followers have to remind me. So time isn't like that
0: exact accurate that's, here. That's what fanboy
1: is here for. Yeah, it's why we've got. On the
0: shoulder. But basically, it's an hourglass.
1: More or less. It's a, it's a proto hourglass. But an hourglass. eight hourglass. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: And so Wang's like, this feels unnecessary. Like, why do you carry this heavy thing around on this long journey? (laughs) like Like, a
0: grandfather clock.
1: Wouldn't a sundial be a little more accurate and easy to carry? And King Wen and his companion are confused. They're like a sundial, like... The sun? How would the sun possibly tell us what time it is in the middle of a chaotic era?
0: My dear boy, how else would we measure time?
1: But that's the first time we've heard that term chaotic era.
0: Right. Like, what are you talking about, Yeah, like, what what kind
1: of chaos would make telling time irrelevant or harder to do, basically? What's
0: the objective of this game?
1: (laughs) And out in this desert, it's so cold that King Wen's companion is just, like, complaining. He's like, I'm gonna die. I need to wrap up. I'm so cold. I'm breathing. I can't do it. I'm, I'm gonna, like, I can't make it. And Wang, ever the optimist, who is just, at this point, still relying on his science, is like, don't worry. The sun's gonna come up soon. It's gonna be daytime, and it's gonna be warm. <laughs> Even though in his V-suit, he's feeling that it's, like, icy. I imagine, like, inside the V-suit, it probably feels like a freezer. Because, I mean, you know, you've been to the desert. It gets really cold at night. Oh,
0: yeah. That's why I thought I was going to die. I mean, that's the end of that story that I began to tell you before, which is that basically we thought we were on a loop trail, and we just keep on walking and walking, and the sun's going down, and it's getting fucking freezing. It was December. Like,
1: we're going to be here forever.
0: Yeah, literally. Michelle and I were, like, thinking, like, oh, how are we going to survive through the night? And uh, I literally... I had like 5% battery on my phone, no service. You know what I did? I turned on a meditation.
1: <laughs> you used that last 5% for a meditation?
0: Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put on this meditation as we hike. It was already downloaded, so I didn't need service. I was okay. like, whatever. So I throw on the meditation as we're. I was like, just keep going ahead. And it was it was a Sam Harris meditation. And he's like, are you waiting for something to happen?
1: Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like very much so Sam. He's like, "Do you wish something were different?" I was like, "Yes, yes." And like we just keep walking anyways. By the end of the meditation, we had finally, we, we saw our car in the distance and it was like, "Oh my god, I cannot tell you what a relief." But fully I was prepared to spend the whole night clutching Michelle in like, you know, 20 degree weather in the middle of a fucking desert. So
1: wrapping like, up in a coyote pelt, if you have to. Straight
0: up, <laughs> slaughtering a bear.
1: So, I mean, Wang aware of how cold it is in the game. Cause the V suit is, is responding. It's like, don't worry. The sun's going to come up soon. And, you know we'll we'll be warm against like stop being a baby basically but king Wen and his follower are confused because this is twice now that wang Miao has talked about the sun specifically and it's really throwing them for a loop they're like is wang Miao an oracle
0: yeah they're like the sun
1: how like does he know the future how how can he possibly know that the sun is going to rise period but especially when
0: what are you an imbecile or Oracle. we're in the midst of a chaotic era anymore. But, then,
1: but then wang is confused he was like how do these people not understand that the sun is gonna come up so he just asks straight up he's like what is a chaotic era and so then king Wen sits down and he's like there are stable eras and there are chaotic eras other than stable eras which are few and far between all other eras are chaotic at that moment
0: he's like talking to a child
1: yeah he's like tell it to me like i'm five basically and at that moment, the light in the sky that Wang had recognized as dawn dissolves. Nighttime has claimed the sky. The star's brightness intensifies. And Wang is like, Oh, so this was dusk? Like, not not dawn
0: hmm. this doesn't
1: make sense and king Wynn says no no you're right it's morning it's just that the sun doesn't always rise in the morning
0: it's like what, 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 what? So
1: welcome to the chaotic era
0: yo this is at this point when i'm reading this book i'm like whoa like yeah it is kind of incredible and also arbitrary for us to have a sun that rises in what we identify as the morning
1: yeah because i mean our we We got lucky. Earth is in a solar system that is
0: pretty cyclical
1: and very reliably following the same sort of pattern behaviors. Yeah. So inside this game, it's not that. It's not this solar system in in this game because the sun does not rise. They can't use simple methods of time telling. It's like it's, it's a different situation they're all facing here.
0: And you know what else I thought was interesting? That Wang, I think he says at one point like... You know, even though he's so cold, he doesn't acknowledge, like, the V-suit because apparently that gets your id deleted by the system
1: yeah you have to you have to act like you're fully immersed yeah
0: which i love
1: it's part gameplay and part acting fucking love which that. is wild yeah and after all of the complaining about how cold it was at night wang actually does realize like it's fucking cold and wang reaches a point where he's like i don't think the sun is ever gonna rise again like it's so cold like i know i'm obviously inside of a suit but it's so cold in here i don't like know that i can keep doing this for much longer lol
0: and fanboys like smh lol WTF. yeah
1: but king Wen is like haven't you been listening like the sooner you stop trying to predict what's going to happen ultimately like the more at peace you're gonna be because we're in the midst of chaos like clapping in between every word like but don't the- you get it yeah This is chaos. The sooner you stop trying to figure out everything and stop trying to quantify every little aspect of this existence, the better it's going to be for you.
0: When I was in college, I I took a sociology class and I remember we had to read this book about how it was like basically about how humans try to predict things. Mm -hmm. And actually, we know nothing, but we find lots of security and comfort in Being able to say we know that's going to happen or we knew that was going to happen, you know? When in fact, like, we don't know at all what's ever going to happen. I
1: mean, that's really similar to Shooter and Farmer where it's like you can know what you know, but you'll always be unaware of what you don't know until the moment you know it.
0: Happy Thanksgiving! Yeah. Like, can't wait for our Thanksgiving episode. (laughs) We got to do something special for that.
1: Something psychotic.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And... To Wang, King Wen is like, have you not been listening? Like, because we're in a chaotic era, there's no way to predict when it's going to happen you just have to go on with life and adapt and be ready for when it starts because because it's a chaotic era the nature of that is that you can't plan for it it's gonna arrive you know it's going to but there's no way you can say okay next tuesday's the start of it so mercury is going in retrograde let's turn off all our electronics you have to just sort of like open the sails and go with it whenever it arrives at that moment over another part of the horizon, the sky begins to lighten again.
0: Oh wait, I, I just want to do my impression of Fanboy. Oh, do it! <laughs> Fanboy is like um, Fanboy to me is just like the funniest little like side character who's like just complaining the whole time. Yeah, and he's like, <sighs> King Wen, can I have some dried fish? And King Wen is like, what are you fucking kidding me? No, you may not have any dried fish, my petulant subject. I barely have enough for myself and I'm King Wen and we must ensure my survival at least long enough to get to Zhao Gu, which we don't know what it is, but uh, anyways, King Wen, I just love that he's verbally bitch slapping his his loyal follower."
1: Over another part of the horizon, the sky begins to lighten like the sun's going to rise. So, you know, for a second, there's like a moment of hope.
0: Look over there.
1: Except now, the light's coming from a completely different place.
0: Wait a second. Really
1: small, blue in color, and almost like a really bright moon. The sun of this world starts to rise over the horizon. The morning warms slightly and Wang's visu is reacting, you know, bringing him some relief from the cold. But it doesn't really last for very long because nearly as soon as the sun has risen over the horizon, it travels a really shallow arc over the sky and sets. And then the bone-chilling cold of night returns. So that sunset gives me immediately like if we were up at, like, the Arctic Circle or in Alaska or something. You know, where you're so far north that, like, you don't really have daytime Mm, for parts of the year.
0: That's crazy.
1: So Wang king Wen and his follower all stop in front of a dead tree king Wen and the follower take out their swords and they start chopping up the tree so that they can have something to set on fire so that they don't freeze into blocks of ice
0: that's so Fortnite.
1: flint meets blade and as soon as they've gotten all this tree broken down into its parts they've got a roaring fire billowing at this point because they've got a fire built they're all trying to get comfortable wang's v-suit starts to warm up on the inside and brings him some relief Even though it's still very, very cold, it's not like he's sitting inside a freezer anymore, at the very least. King Wynne's follower, who's the one feeding the fire, making sure that King Wynne survives...
0: (laughs) Is this warm enough, Master?
1: ...kind of offhandedly, is like, Hey, King Wynne, why don't we throw some of the dehydrated bodies onto the fire? That'll help us keep warm, maybe for longer, once the tree's burned out.
0: We'll have a roaring fire if we just burn the bodies but
1: i'm like dehydrated bodies
0: yeah well excuse me (laughs) i'm sorry take it
1: back so by this sentiment king Wen is disgusted
0: yeah he's like impetuous fool (laughs) once again
1: yeah he's like only the tyrant king would have done something like this and i and i'm still like i'm like when is wang gonna just like be like uh, hey guys dehydrated bodies excuse me through their conversations we learned that the road is just Littered with dehydrated bodies that have been torn, yeah. meaning that whenever they're rehydrated, they won't be revivable. So the argument is like, why don't we use them as fuel? Because there's no way they're going to come back. So right. I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe that's like a thing in the game. Like, if you suspend gameplay, your avatar, quote unquote, dehydrates out in the desert until you come back. Or something, I don't know.
0: I love that. I but love-
1: King Wen is adamant. He's like, absolutely not. So the fire burns out, they pick up all their things in this massive hourglass trunk, and their journey continues. The time inside the game at this point speeds up. The trunk, which indicates that time is passing, is flipped six times. So the equivalent of two days have gone by from the time they stand up from the fire and, you know, continue on on this journey.
0: It's very Sims yeah it's very
1: sims and also i feel like it's probably maybe disorienting also because it's almost like watching a time lapse right play out in front of you right but you're still kind of moving in real time
0: right like wang is sitting in the like student lounge with this v-suit on maybe five minutes is passing but in the game two days is two whole passing. days have gone by yeah and yeah like in the sims like i think it's like when your sims go to sleep right like time speeds up because there's nothing happening?
1: I don't know. I never was a huge uh, Sim player head. of The Sims. Oh. I, was, I was more into like roller coaster tycoon.
0: Oh, got it.
1: So they were like, you know, simulated people involved. But, but not it was like, more about building. It was more about the park you were building and right. less about interacting and with And like making people money. Other than keeping them happy and having places to eat
0: right that kind of thing. no in the sims like you could you have build mode where time freezes but then you have play mode where you can like direct your sims to do shit but then when yep. they go to sleep i think the time speeds up and like eight hours goes by in
1: like eight minutes so very like that it's at this point it's i mean now it's cold again they're traversing out through the desert and wang is like i don't think the sun is ever actually going to come up i think I'm, I'm i think this game takes place at night But just at that moment, daybreak, the sun that starts rising is not the small blue sort of like moon sized sun that they saw, you know, go in that like Alaska kind of arc over the sky earlier. He looks up and it's massive. The sun that's rising is about a fifth the size of the entire horizon. Oh, fuck. So look, that's really, really big star. Like we're kind of lucky with the size of our star just being like a dot in the sky. Mm-hmm. That would be terrifying, oh my I God. think, to see that.
0: I picture Fanboy One looking like an Edvard Munch painting.
1: Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> <He's> like <gasps> hands to his face, screaming. Okay, so with this sun rising, it's so bright and so hot and so intense. This little follower of King Wynn, who's just been complaining nonstop, is starting to scream and he was like we have to find somewhere to hide <laughs> just like sounding in the alarm
0: find shade!
1: nearly immediately all the permafrost melts the ground starts to glow like it's on fire this dry plain in front of them turns into molten mud and the v suit reacts and it gets so hot that inside it wang just starts to pour sweat mm. Which I'm like, I hate to be hot. Yeah. So like immediately I'm like, maybe this is where I log off. Sweating is torture. And the three of them, they do their best to hide in like any available shade they can find. You remember they were carrying with them these like old, really dirty animal pelts. Mm-hmm. And they sort of like, you know, hold them up over themselves to sort of like make a makeshift tent while they walk. You know, just to like give themselves some shade. And the follower of King Wen at this point, is like, again, like, I'm so hungry. Like, please, can I have anything? (laughs) Now is not
0: the time, fanboy.
1: And King Wen is like, listen, I get it. I I get that you're uncomfortable. That You know, this might be a little too hard for you, little snowflake. Uh, So the only option we have is to dehydrate you. Yeah. But like, don't worry. I'm not going to abandon you. I'll make sure you get to show gay.
0: Fanboy's like, I guess you're right. I can't stand it anymore. You won't let me eat the dried fish. You won't let me eat the dehydrated bodies. Traveling through this chaotic era is like walking through hell.
1: Yeah. So, you know, he goes through the 12 steps. He arrives at acceptance.
0: (laughs) He's like, I guess I do have no choice.
1: Yeah. I must dehydrate this follower of king Wen takes off his robe lies down naked on the ground and as the last light of the sun fades wang starts to see from the body of this follower water is just pouring out of every pore and orifice the follower's body goes soft and it starts to lose its shape like a candle that's melting and 10 minutes later this follower has been completely dehydrated his body is just laying on the ground flat like a dry piece of leather or (gasps) parchment or something and wang can't believe his eyes he's like what did i just see did this man just die in front of me like did you just kill this man what what's happening and so king Wen brings wang up to speed he's like no 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 don't worry like he'll recover when we soak his body and rehydrate him but this was obviously really hard for him and he'll just be easier to carry it this way
0: it's so crazy this was the part where i was like oh my fucking
1: god yeah i mean it's (laughs) nuts because like to survive in the chaotic eras of this world we learned that everybody here can be dehydrated and transported around in this way just like roll them up like a scroll and carry them around until it's like safer to come out basically
0: literally human jerky yep you know how we keep on talking about like uh when will this book become unrealistic it's like in this moment you might be like oh this is when it kind of takes a a dive off the deep end but remember he's playing a video game game, yeah so So actually we're still in totally possible. possible
1: real life yeah absolutely King Wen says to Wang like yeah like I know this is probably really jarring for you to see for your first time but don't worry because this is actually the safest thing for him um we have to be sure to take him with us though because if we leave his body or if we abandon him somewhere when he's dehydrated like this he'll either get burned up when the next big sun rises or somebody's gonna come along behind us and they're gonna eat him so Wang takes this dehydrated rolled up parchment of a body from King Wen and just puts it under his arm and their journey continues as Wang King Nguyen and this piece of paper now <laughs> continue yeah. on. The sun continues to follow no discernible pattern. This chaotic cycle repeats, hide from the sun when it's up, and build fires to ward off the freezing cold of the night when it sets. More time passes, like the two days passing really quickly before, and now after over a month of time has passed inside the game.
0: Which is like 30 minutes.
1: King Nguyen notices something in the sky. It's not a sun, don't worry, we don't have to like hide from the sun immediately, but there's two stars that are shooting up in the sky and it's a welcome sight because king Wen says that these two shooting stars are a harbinger of a stable era so like thank god all of this nonsense is over and we're gonna have a stable era soon so wang asks about the shooting stars he'd already noticed them he'd seen one or the other you know like always a shooting star but he'd never seen two before so he asks about it and he was like is two all that we're ever gonna see and king Wen says no there can be as many as three and wang's like Well, when are we ever going to see three? And King Wen is like, pray that you don't see three.
0: If you see three stars appear, my dear boy, you can tuck your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. You can just find
1: a (laughs) hole and jump into it. So with these two shooting stars that are, you know, bringers of good news flying high in the sky, the stable era finally begins sunrise and sunset start to follow a really predictable pattern the cycle of day to night seems to be stabilizing at around 18 hours the weather also changes to be a lot more accommodating on their journey so they're not having to worry about the insane extremes of like really really hot days really really ice cold nights it's sort of like across the board more temperate for them so still they would call him an oracle but ever the scientist just trying to come by any hard facts that he can. Wang asks Wen, he's like, how long does a stable era last? And King Wen gives an answer that isn't really like what Wang is expecting. He says, well, sometimes a stable era can be as short as a single day, and then sometimes they can be as long as a hundred years. The problem is nobody really knows.
0: And Wang is like, okay, so what I'm getting is like, this is a world with no patterns? Like
1: Talk about chaos theory. Yeah. In this world, there are no dependable patterns civilization itself can only rise up during periods of stable eras which wang now knows are like really few and far between right
0: right because the climate is mild and it's crazy to think like all right we actually live on earth in like a consistently stable era like the reason civilization has been able to develop for thousands of years has been because we haven't had any like cataclysmic climate event in thousands and thousands of years yeah
1: mostly everything's been the exact same since the dawn of humans on earth
0: right the reason that we can grow crops the reason that we can reproduce and have like generations you know continue on is like we we take for granted that earth for very long time has existed under mild climate that results from a stable era which results from the predictable cyclical rising and setting of the sun without any other really like intercepting factors like a comet or something
1: (laughs) And so now, squarely in the middle of a stable era, Wang learns that during these periods, the people are all hydrated. You don't have to worry about anybody being rolled up as parchment. And because everybody is hydrated, that means that they can all be sort of constantly working to push their own society forward, make technological advancements, have agriculture, things that are really crucial to the existence of a group of people. In all other times of chaos, which is the majority of the time, they're dehydrated just hoping for the next stable era and just praying that their dehydrated form lasts long enough for them to be able to see it. King Wen says to Wang that, you know, pretty much as soon as a stable era occurs, everybody hits the fields. They start planting crops, people start making plans, they start making progress, and without fail... As soon as they start making some kind of visible progress that they could start tracking and say, we're on a good path, or it looks like it's going to be better than last time, chaos returns. Basically indiscriminately destroying everything that they've done up until that point.
0: Alas.
1: So even in the periods where a stable era is 100 years, I mean, you think about it, 100 years is really not that long to accomplish much. At best, you've got maybe, what, three generations of people? How much progress can you really make in three generations right. when you're starting from scratch?
0: Right.
1: And so Wang says to King Wen, like, tell me if I've got this right. I'm noticing that the sun here doesn't move in any way that's predictable, true or false. And King Wen is like, kid, you really don't understand this world, do you? And Wang's like, I mean, I'm trying to. Like, what do you what do you mean? And King Wen is like, listen, I understand this world entirely. It's why I'm on my way to Zhou Ge. I'm going to give King Zhou a calendar that's accurate. Like, apparently, King Wen has been working on this thing, and he is confident enough in his abilities of keeping records, of being able to sort of predict the unpredictable, I guess, even though he doesn't want Wang out to be doing that. He's, like, confident enough, at least in his work, that he's going to be able to turn over some kind of a calendar, like we have January to December, to be able to sort of plan kind of anything.
0: Right, because... He kind of also had said, like, all right, so now do you get the point of the game? The point of the game is to collect our intellect and our understanding, analyze all the phenomena until we can know the pattern of the sun's movement. That's the point of the game.
1: But then he's also like, Wang, you're saying to me that the sun doesn't move in any kind of discernible pattern, but I'm going to tell you, actually, predicting the sun's motion is only possible where we're going. King Wen says to Wang, he's like, listen, I know you're trying to understand sort of like the movement of the sun, trying to predict the weather while we're out here, but it's a fool's errand as long as you're out here on the plains. It's only going to make sense for you when we get to Zhuge. It's the place where Yin meets Yang. Like you can cast bets anywhere in the world and they're going to be wrong. But once you get to Zhuge, if you cast a bet on something, that's the only place that it's going to be accurate. So Wang's like, okay, that's kind of cryptic. Doesn't really answer my question, but... I'm on this journey with you. Here we go. Let's keep going. I trust
0: you, I guess. No other
1: choice. their journey continues during another chaotic era, sun blazing, ground scorching, and finally, the two arrive at Xiaogun.
0: So, King Wen... Wang, and obviously the rolled up follower, arrive in Zhao which to me, it's like the Emerald City. And instead of seeing like the field of poppies and an emerald green tower, right, they see these giant pendulums swinging. Ominous. Right? It's so crazy. Honestly, kind of reminded me of Joshua Tree because they have those giant um, like windmills. windmills. Yeah. And they're huge. And there's like so many of them. But instead of these giant windmills, it's these giant pendulums. And you can literally hear, like, the roar of this pendulum, like, slicing through the air. They're, like, ten meters high, and there's, like, a giant rock swinging from a thick rope that's tied to a bridge between two stone towers. And there are soldiers surrounding the pendulums, keeping them in motion. They all, all of these pendulums are around a giant, pyramid and king wen is like that right there that is king zhao's
1: palace okay so this giant pyramid yes now i'm realizing this is the imagery from the front cover of the book
0: oh my god is it it is (gasps) yes an enormous pyramid that's king zhao's palace now just like we said that king wen was a real character in chinese history so was king zhao yes king wen was the founder of the zhao dynasty King Zhao is the founder of the Shang Dynasty. Yes. And historically, King Wen actually did follow and and technically, like, overthrow King Zhao and the Shang Dynasty. And King Wen founded the next dynasty, a.k.a. the Zhao Dynasty. Wang follows King Wen through a door at the base of the pyramid. And they're followed by a few patrolling soldiers and... They walk through this dark tunnel, going into the pyramid that's lit by just a few torches. And as they walk in, King Wen says to Wang, During the chaotic era, the entire country is dehydrated. But King Zhao remains awake as a companion to the lifeless land. To survive chaotic eras, one must build thick walls like these, as though you're living underground. It's the only way to avoid the extreme weather. So that's why King Zhao lives in this pyramid. I mean, it's smart. Totally. And they finally arrive at the Great Hall at the center of the pyramid, which is actually more like a cave. And there's a man sitting on a dais in a colorful hide, they say. And beside him is a man dressed in all black. And he has a pale face that kind of appears to float in this dark atmosphere. Right? King Zhao introduces the man in the black robe as Fu Shi who is historically a Chinese mythological figure that is sort of credited with being like the progenitor of the human race, along okay, with yeah. this goddess named Nua. But he's also credited with, according to the legend, Fuxi... Was like one of the original humans who lived on this mythical mountain, and is like is kind of like the father of man. Fushi is also considered the originator of the Yellow River map. Yeah, which according to legend, um, the these this turtle. One day like crawled out of the Yellow River with like strange markings on his back. And apparently it revealed to Fu Xi the symbols of the I Ching. Wow. Yes. Um, it, It precedes the actual compilation of the I Ching, which is credited to none other than King Wen. Yeah. But Fu Xi is credited with the discovery of those original elements which is like the original binary code.
1: The foundation, yeah, wow. It's
0: insane. It's also connected. So the Yellow River map is like this, it's it's kind of a, it's a square. It's like a mathematical principle. Uh It also becomes like the foundation of feng shui and the art of geomancy.
1: Makes sense. Concerned
0: with like the place- placement of objects in relation to the flow of chi and in ancient china the people allegedly offered sacrifices to the god of one of these flooding rivers which we'll get into i mean there's so many parallels here man of many talents kind of like um who is the one who's that guy that was was uh like the teacher of the romanovs you know you know his name it's not oh
1: rasputin yeah
0: he's i feel like he's kind of like a rasputin but even more ancient yeah obviously king zhao starts to explain. He says. Fu Fuxi believes that the sun is a temperamental god. And when the god is awake, his moods are unpredictable, thus chaotic era. And when the god is asleep, his breathing evens, and thus stable era. So Fushi proposed the construction of those pendulums you see outside and he said, let's keep them in constant motion, claiming that they have a hypnotic effect on the sun god and causing him to sink into a long slumber. But we can all see that so far the sun god remains awake, though from time to time he seems to nap briefly. And it's just interesting because this really is reflecting a period in history, right, where this is what science was. Yeah too early civilizations very
1: pseudo very mixed with sort of like non-scientific religion yeah like a religious type belief yeah 100%
0: and the weird parallel is that in ancient china people used to offer sacrifices to the god of one of, of of the flooding river called the luo river in order to try to calm its anger and allegedly a magical turtle emerged from the water with a curiously unnatural pattern on its shell hmm. circular dots representing the integers one through nine arranged in a three by three grid wow isn't that insane
1: so this turtle just shows up and gives them math
0: straight up and early records as as early as 650 bc are ambiguous with reference to like this river map but clearly start to refer to a magic square in 80 bc wow and explicitly give an example of one in 570 common era yeah supporting that the low shoe magic square was like an important model for time and space So it's kind of crazy that the sun is this temperamental god, but not implausible. Right. King Zhao claps his hands, and servants bring over a clay pot filled with broth. Mm. Again, this gets absurd. (laughs) Like, I love this part. Fu Shi drinks from this clay pot. And then he dumps the rest of the soup, the broth, all over his body. Like, I'm just like, this is some performance art shit. Yeah. And he then throws down the clay pot. I imagine it shatters. Yeah, it has to. Right? And then Fushi walks over to this giant bronze cauldron that's hanging over a fire. And it's, like, bubbling. And he climbs onto the edge of the cauldron and jumps in, <sighs> stirring up all this, like, steaming vapor. Uh-huh. So you get this, like...
1: Hot tub time machine inside the pyramid. <laughs>
0: exactly. You've got this sage sitting in a pot of soup. King Zhao says king wen why don't you take a seat we'll eat in a little pointing to the cauldron like i'm like okay are you gonna eat fushi like i'm i'm so confused like is fushi already on the way out i
1: mean if worse comes to worse they have the follower wrapped up also
0: right that's true if they do need to eat but do you did you think in this moment that like
1: i was kind of afraid
0: was he always planning on eating fushi because his model of the universe was clearly incorrect yeah maybe so it does seems like fushi was doing this sort of like Sacrifice of himself a little bit. King Wen looks at Fushi and basically says, "Like how inane Like Fushi is no no better than like a parlor magician, like doing fucking witchcraft." And King Zhao is like, "Oh, what have you learned about the sun?" And King Wen is like, "Oh, I'm glad you asked, brother, because that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Here's what I know, and here's what I'm about to tell you." So he lays it out straight for King Zhao. The sun is not a god. The sun is yang, and night is yin. And though we cannot control the process or the balancing of the sun's movements, we can predict it. And he draws with his bronze sword, the yin-yang symbol, in the middle of the room. And then he stands in the center of it and looks up, and the room is dimly lit by by the fire. And he carves all 64 hexagrams of the I Ching into the floor, which Brett and I both have colorful histories when it comes to I Ching practice, which when this came up in the book, I was like, oh my god, obsessed.
1: The I Ching, I think, is one of the most fascinating things on the planet. It's the oldest form. I mean, you've heard of tarot, have heard of, you know, like any sort of type of divination that they might have either practiced themselves or gone to somebody to have a reading. But the I Ching is the oldest recorded form of divination on the planet right which is astounding it's still in practice and basically there are i mean when you think of tarot specifically you pull a card and the card itself has an image on it that you sort of then think about and divine sort of the answer that you're looking for to the question that you had in the first place before drawing the card or the set of cards or however you're going about it with the i Ching there are two methods of arriving at eventually one symbol that you're looking for out of this collection of symbols that has just been drawn on the ground and in practice you're either using dried yarrow stalks
0: right which is what brett uses
1: it's my favorite old school or you're using three coins which is what i use and neither one is more accurate than the other just one takes longer the yarrow stocks take longer but basically through a process of counting and moving through the yarrow stocks in your hand you will always arrive at numbers that equate to a hexagram which is the final combination of 6 lines Right, that give you one of these symbols that from there you can then use that symbol to define meaning or further an answer to the question that you asked in the first place.
0: This is going to sound so abstract. I mean, this probably does sound so abstract.
1: Unless you are familiar with I Ching. (laughs) Exactly. Which like, I would encourage everybody to become familiar with the I Ching.
0: And actually, if you sign up for our Patreon, by the way, Brett and I are giving away an I Ching reading.
1: Yes. For
0: our Trisolauren. For our Overlord levels. levels.
1: If you sign up to our Patreon, you actually receive a free reading from Allie or myself.
0: Yeah. Take your choice. We won't take it personally. Or both. (laughs) Or both. You know what? Mine hardly takes any time at all.
1: Ali can divine with coins and I can divine with stocks
0: absolutely i mean maybe we'll do two different questions but yeah. basically yeah you ask a question just like you would with tarot or any like tea leaves like all of those things where you were like mystic kind of projects the unconscious into... and it's better if
1: it's not a yes or no question totally the answers you can receive back are so nuanced in depth and insightful it's almost a disservice to ask of the I Ching a yes or a no because well, it's not a magic eight ball it'll
0: never give you a yes or no like you'll be like should i go on vacation it
1: gives you information to arrive at your answer. Answer.
0: It's insane. It really helps you to connect to like your intuition. Honestly, mm-hmm. I fucking love the I Ching. And I mean, it's it's just so fascinating. And, and Fu Xi historically, he developed an oracle, which basically describes, you know, some type of behavior seen in nature that can then be applied to whatever situation you are asking
1: it about. We could just talk about the I Ching for weeks. Yes,
0: we're obsessed with it. And also, by the way, some actually consider King Wen as the first epic hero of Chinese history, which is interesting because he's also the first hero we see in the three-body game. Yeah. Going back to our story, King Wen draws that yin-yang symbol. He carves all 64 hexagrams of the I Ching and king zhao is like all right king wen i mean so tell me when will the next stable era come right because it's the king's job to order the rehydration of society yeah so king wen is like no problem i got you he sits down in the middle of the yin yang symbol and he looks up and his fingers are like moving like a little calculating machine and you can hear fushi sleep talking bubbling in the background and finally king wen announces Chaotic era, 41 days. Stable era, 5 days. Another chaotic era, 23 days. Another stable era, 18 days.
1: Such short stable
0: eras. I know. Another chaotic era, 8 days. And then finally, after that 8-day chaotic era, the long stable era you have been waiting for, lasting 3 years and 9 months will begin.
1: So we've got like a few months to get through, and then stability for a while. We'll
0: get a nice, yeah, I mean almost four-year stable era. collective sigh of
1: relief, I imagine.
0: He's like, it'll be a golden age, my lord. King Zhao's like, all right, well, let's test your little predictions first. A square at the ceiling of the pyramid, at the apex, kind of opens, and you can see out, you can see the stars above. Game speeds up, Wang's counting the flipping of the hourglass. It flips 120 times. Okay. Uh, The first predicted stable era arrives, and basically, each one of King Wen's predictions are correct. The starting time and the duration were not exact, but close. And finally, the long stable era begins. 20 days pass into the stable era.
1: Why am I nervous? I
0: know, right? <laughs> You're like, what's gonna happen? 20 days pass, and the sunlight falling through the whole of the pyramid remains even and cyclical. Game time slows back down to normal, and King Zhao says he's going to erect a fucking monument for King Wen because he figured it out.
1: I did it, yeah. He
0: freaking did it. King Wen bows and he tells King Zhao, It's time, my lord. You can awaken your dynasty and prosper. And so King Zhao stands up on his dais, opens his arms as to embrace the whole wide world, and in a strange, otherworldly voice, he chants, Rehydrate. So epic. Soon as this order is given, soldiers start repeating the order: rehydrate, rehydrate. I'm thinking also like follow the yellow brick are Very bad, you know. <laughs> And also like ding dong, the witch is dead. Like everyone's waking up, you sleepy head, rub your eyes, get out of bed. It's time to be Biggest game of dehydrated. telephone
1: they've all been waiting for.
0: Exactly. The soldiers run toward a large stone building shaped like a barn. And it's like near this lake. And Wang had seen many buildings like this. And it, and he's told that these buildings are dehydratories, which are warehouses where the dehydrated bodies could be stored. So soldiers start carrying out all these dusty skins
1: yeah like a library for people
0: it's insane yeah literally just freaking amazon warehouse of rolled up leather bodies and they just start throwing them into the lake and as soon as the skins touch the water they begin to unfurl and stretch out and inflate and soon the lake is covered by a layer of man-shaped floating skins each one absorbing water and soon like they're all becoming fleshy and full bodies and are starting to display signs of life.
1: Tell me why in my mind, as you're describing that, I'm seeing like all the like inflatable furniture from the beginning of the 2000s. Oh, my
0: God. That was so in. I was obsessed with that. I would fucking blow out my whole lungs putting together a translucent couch. Mine was set. like
1: clear and blue plaid <laughs> so, as like a love seat.
0: So funny. That was so in. But I was also thinking of, what were those beans that you would throw in the bath and then you, they would kind of like inflate into like...
1: Like a dinosaur or whatever? Yeah. Or like... like inside of a pill? Yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called, It was like
0: blow-up boyfriend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they make those too. A
1: blow-up boyfriend? I
0: think so. Inflatable husband? Maybe that's really? more recent. That
1: feels like a sex shop kind of a yeah, purchase.
0: Right. I mean, I've never seen one. <laughs> But yes, so they're throwing these bodies and they are coming to life. And I can't wait to see this on the fucking T V show as oh, well. Yeah. That's gonna be sick. That's the kind of thing that, like, had they done it ten years ago, it would look so janky. Anyways, one by one these bodies come to life and, and they struggle to stand and they look out at the sunny world, their eyes open, like they're waking from a fucking dream. And and I did think like, Where? Like if you are a person in this civilization who's capable of dehydrating, when you are dehydrated, where does your consciousness go? Can you hear everything?
1: I would imagine. Well, also, it's like there. there's a species of animal called a tardigrade.
0: Yeah, that's also I known as those. a
1: water bear that they can exist in the vacuum of space. They're on the moon now currently because they have been, you know, on spacecraft that we took to the moon in the 60s. Oh my god! But it's like they, they in, in similarly in periods of, of chaos or low resources are able to dehydrate themselves and go into this sort of like biological state where they remain alive, but they just immobilize themselves until they can get back into an environment that's accommodating for them.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god. So, do they ever die? Yes.
1: Yes, they can die, but they can almost indefinitely dehydrate and sort of suspend their animation. It's I mean, the process that they go through is helping scientists who are researching like what to do with humans who are hopefully going to go on extra solar system voyages, like to the next closest star to our sun. They're going to have to figure out what to do because it's like...
0: The biggest challenge is not transporting your body, but... but
1: keeping yourself alive yeah. for the journey.
0: Anyways, these people, they, they wake up from this, you know, long sleep and they're all singing joyously, The stable era has come! Let the sunshine. Yeah, very that Rehydrate everyone! Ding dong, which is Adam. It's a party. Everyone climbs out of the water and runs naked into the dehydratory, taking out more skins and more skins, tossing them into the lake, so on and so forth. It's just a ripple of naked people grabbing leathers, throwing them in the water. And it
1: looks like the 60s. It's
0: uh the age of Aquarius. And one person starts screaming because they're missing a finger and they're bleeding out because, you know, when they were dehydrated, they it got ripped. I guess so. I guess they're not aware. That kind of answers the question. They're not aware when they're dehydrated. That they're in sense. this like deep sleep. And people are like, yeah, consider yourself lucky. Some people lost whole arms, whole legs. You know, some people had their heads chewed through by the rats and some people were like if we hadn't been rehydrated in time maybe all of us would have been eaten by the rats of the chaotic era which I just love that rats are a feature of the chaotic era as they would be someone asked you know how long have we been dehydrated and, and apparently you can tell by looking at the thickness of dust that's covering the palace. People talk of what they know, what they don't know, what they've heard. Is the king the same as he was when we went to sleep? Oh no, I heard it's actually his grandson, right? Because hundreds of years could have gone by right. since they all dehydrated. Eight days later, the rehydration is fully complete.
1: That's a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think millions of bodies wow. have been revived. And the world comes to life. And everyone is enjoying the cyclical sunset and the sunrise and giving heartfelt praise to the gods who guided this beautiful world. And on the night of the eighth day, everyone is so happy. They're dancing around bonfires. They're singing kumbaya. And they party literally all night to welcome the next sunrise. But the sun doesn't rise. No. Ten hours later, still no sun. Time pieces indicate the passing of two whole days. No sun.
1: Wait, something's wrong.
0: Yeah, something's terribly wrong. Coldness now begins to press down upon the earth. And inside the giant pyramid, King Wen kneels before King Zhao and begs him to have faith. He says, please, I, just th- this is temporary. I, I promise the sun must rise again soon. The stable era and spring will continue. I mean, it, that's, what the, that's what the oracle said.
1: The god's just sleepy. He's just taking a nap right now. Exactly. Give him a minute. Yeah.
0: And King Zhao says, let us begin to heat the cauldron which I think is a right a, a harbinger of, you know, you're out. A minister comes stumbling in and says, I have terrible, terrible news. What?
1: Like worse than the sun not coming up?
0: Yes, my dear lord. There are but three flying stars in the sky.
1: Wait, the thing that we already know, like pray it never happens.
0: Yeah, kiss your ass goodbye. No. Everyone is stunned. King Wen explains the meaning of three stars to Wei, And he says... It indicates the arrival of a long period of extreme cold. So cold, it will turn stone to
1: dust.
0: Dehydrate! Yeah,
1: winter is coming.
0: (laughs) Literally. People had already begun the process of dehydrating after the sun didn't rise, you know, within those first eight hours. And lucky ones made it back to the dehydratories in time. But many were abandoned in empty fields. So the idea is like, you can either die... Or dehydrate and hope your skin doesn't get burned or eaten yeah. in the meantime. King Wen looks into the cauldron and says that he sees, or he thinks he sees, the cooked face of Fu Xi <gasps> laughing at him from the soup. No. Like, you were just as wrong as me, my my boy. My buddy, my pal. Get in. And King Zhao says, keep the fire low. Which, what do you think that meant? Slow cook them?
1: Either that or maybe conserve energy because we're gonna need it right because if it's really about to get as cold for as long as these three stars in the sky say it's going to like do what you're about to do but don't like waste any firewood on this fire that's burning
0: i wonder how long king Wen is gonna stew and he also says to everyone else king zhao says you can all leave the game is no longer fun after it gets to this point game over which is just so dark and literally, anachronistically, a red exit sign kind of, like, lights up by the game <laughs> entrance. <laughs> and players of the, in the Great Hall exit. And Wang follows. Heavy snow comes down. It's fucking freezing. Game time speeds up. The snow doesn't stop for ten days of game time fanboy who's been rehydrated whispers to wing the snow is composed of frozen carbon dioxide which is dry ice so basically the atmosphere is freezing so first the carbon dioxide turns to snow or ice that's
1: that's a bad winter
0: oh yeah then the nitrogen and oxygen solidify and the snow is kind of different like it goes from being chunky snow to like this thin and translucent snow and the atmosphere is just disappearing through deposition which means temperatures are near absolute zero It's like
1: space cold
0: yeah snow buries the pyramid the lowest layers were water snow then dry ice then oxygen and nitrogen snow and the whole atmosphere is frozen and a line of text appears against a starry background and it says the long night lasted 48 years oh my god civilization number 127 was destroyed by the extreme cold This civilization had advanced to the Warring States period before succumbing. The seed of civilization remains. It will germinate and again progress through the unpredictable world of Three-Body. We invite you to log on in the future. And before exiting the game, Wang notices the three stars flying in the sky, revolving closely around each other like a strange dance in the abyss of space. And that is the end of chapter seven.
1: Jesus.
0: Right? I was like, what?
1: That's a lot to unpack. My my brain is just like. You know what I mean? Just like that's so much to take in.
0: So much. Like
1: what is it we've just seen even?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could spend the whole novel just living in three body, the game.
1: Well, I mean, easily with so much time passing.
0: Yeah. And it's just so interesting because it's like so much seems to be able to happen. But like, it's also like, I feel like we actually did just kind of learn the rules of this world to a certain extent. I mean, how, I mean when I first read this chapter, I was like, what else is going to happen? I mean, if these bodies can dehydrate, like anything's possible. Also,
1: like, I mean, I understand it's like easy, especially when you're playing a game. It's easy to sort of like get addicted to... Sort of like the reward center of like gameplay, you know, but like this would be a really hard game. Like even if it's like, please come back later because you've seen an entire civilization of people die off because of like, you know, this three star of death happening in the sky. It'd be really hard to log off and not just like try to watch every second of whatever's happening. Yeah, I mean, at this point, has Wang Miao is logged out? So he's, like, going to go back to real life, not plugged into this metaverse game, whatever it is that's happening. But, like, where do we go from here? Like, I feel like all that happens for Wang out is just, like, a series of things that just, like, constantly try and break his perception of reality. Even if it's his video game. Because it's, like, there's enough there that he's, like, what's happening? But he's obviously, like, curious by nature. Maybe slightly an addict. So, like, is he just going to stay in the game? What's, like, what... Where do we go next week?
0: Well, we know he has that printed out Morse code. We know he still hasn't observed the cosmic microwave background. And we know that he promised Dr. Ding that he'd go and visit Yang Dong's mother.
1: Oh, yeah. Are you ready for a blast from the past?
0: Oh, shit. Tell me. Do
1: you know what next week's chapter is called? What? Yay, Wingy. Ooh! So remember, we told you to put her on the back burner. Don't sleep Her name comes up next week.
0: Do we we want to give a teaser of... How she is connected. Do you want to? I, I don't think it hurts. I, I I don't think it hurts.
1: All right, just a little bit. Tease it.
0: Ye Wen is Yang Dong's mother.
1: Mm, Ooh, that's juicy. So
0: juicy. So listen, the seed of civilization remains. We invite you to log on in the future and tune in to find out what the fuck is about to go down for Wang and
1: Ye Wen You've been listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for exclusive content we might not have time for, subscribe to our Patreon. One last thing before you go. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review and tell your friends about us. Join in on the conversation when you follow us on Twitter at Radar Peak Pod. See you there.